All right, on this episode of MMA Canada Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who competes at BFL 79, which goes down on February the 8th. And that vacant BFL Bantamweight title is on the line as Ali Wazouk and Tyler Wilson test skills. And great having Tyler on the show today. How's everything going, man? You having a solid day so far? Yes, how about you? Oh, yeah, I can't complain, man. I'm interviewing fighters, doing cool things, so I'm having a good day. Nice, nice. Is this the first interview or... Uh, I had done a couple earlier. I actually talked to Nicholas Wallet, who's competing on the BFL card, and I also talked to Otto Valine, the last guy to fight Anthony Joshua. So a couple today. Oh, cool, nice, ah, cool. Yeah, no, it's been fun, man, for sure, and very excited for this conversation because, as much as you're no stranger to UFC Fight Pass or BFL title bids, this still seems like a huge fight. Like, when did this bout offer initially come your way, and what were the initial set of thoughts? I imagine you were quite excited. Yeah, so the fight, it got offered, like, before their last event. They were just, it was going to be either I fought Ali or Josh, depending on who won. So I've known about it for, like, three or four months now. Um, to be honest, like, the excitement, not too much. I just kind of, it's only been, like, like, I've been training, I've been in camp the whole time or whatever, but it's been, like, the last month, I guess. Uh, sorry, we're in the last month now, and so it's been the past, like, week or two where I've just kind of really, it's been, like, setting in. I'm like, okay, cool, this is actually happening. Like, because I'm always, like, skeptical. I've had a lot of fights not happen, especially during the pandemic, like everybody did. So I'm always, there's always, like, a little thing in the back of my head, like, this might not happen. Is that a weird, like, almost middle ground you have to strike in a certain sense? I mean, because there's the dynamic of having to prepare a lot physically and work hard, but then there's, I imagine, a lot of mental and probably to a degree also physical drain from these different fights falling through. Like, how do you, I guess, navigate that? Is it more of like a mentality, like, be on top of your temperament sort of consideration, or how do you adapt to the, like, myriad of bout cancellations you previously faced and all? Yeah, you just got to be in the gym. Like, it's a, yeah, it's definitely mentally draining when it's like you've, you've been getting ready for a fight and you're just like, all right, because, yeah, you get into a different headspace and then it just doesn't happen. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with all this energy I had that was supposed to go towards the fight? And then it's just like, somehow I have to relax and become like a normal person again. Uh, I guess you just get used to it. Like, I just don't, I don't, uh, like, I watch fights, but I don't get myself too excited for whoever I'm fighting. So, like, for instance, like, with Ali Wazouk, like, he's not a guy you're getting in, like, the super, like, cartoonishly heavy tape study in, like, maybe develop a bit of a familiarity and then kind of focus on what you're doing more so? Like, I still do. I definitely still do. Um, I just mean, I don't explain it. Like, I, like I, I watch his fights almost every single day. Like, I know who I'm fighting, but I just don't, I don't know. Like, it's almost like a... Like, they're, they're a silhouette, I guess. Like, it's just, I know who I'm fighting, and if it's that if that's the guy who ends up being, that's great. But if that's the change, like, it, it's, I kind of can brush it off a little bit easier than maybe I used to be able to. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're laying down. It just, yeah, I mean, it seems like things have been kind of falling into place, like, a little bit better as of late, at least, in as far as facilitating enough opportunities to get, like, a three-fight winning streak going on and everything like that so yeah i mean it seems like things have pseudo worked out kind of recently i also thought it was cool you got to fight in your hometown at btc 19 there and yeah fighting with durham fight series in my hometown of oshawa so getting a couple looks there throughout ontario 
nice yeah yeah no it was it was good it's definitely been getting better definitely a lot uh, a lot more consistent since the pandemic's kind of wrapped up a little bit there um yeah it's definitely a lot better now but i still always have it just like in the back of my head that it just might it might not happen i don't know no a good way to do it i mean that way then you're i guess especially excited when it you know comes to fruition there but i mean maybe this isn't even the mentality based on a couple of the things we were you know, talking about already, but I did mention that this is, in fact, your sophomore BFL title bid and sophomore BFL fight overall. Like, is that prior fight at all playing into this next one, or is it a clean slate, like, this is just the next one kind of thing, I guess? Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I've fought for a bunch of different promotions at this point. It doesn't really make a difference to me where I fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that benefits you in a certain regard to just competing on all these different circuits like XMMA, King of the Cage, LFA, I mean, TKO earlier in your career and everything like that. Like, does it benefit you kind of getting in that work with all these different promotions under these different banners and all? I would think it would. Yeah, I think so. I think, it, yeah, it definitely helps. And it, uh, yeah, it just kind of helps me realize that it's all the same in the end. Like, all the promotions kind of do stuff a little bit like pretty much the same some may uh give you like a per diem or like where they set you up is a little bit better but it's all the same in the end yeah no i get what you're saying i mean i guess in that sense too like are you someone who maybe places a certain sense of importance in capturing a belt like it like it represents a certain level of progression in one's efforts or is it just kind of like a cool almost like trophy component almost like how do you look at that i guess I guess just what does this belt represent to you, if anything at all? Like, does it represent like growth in your career, or are you kind of just like focused on the direct components of the actual fight itself more so? Or yeah, I don't really. The belts don't really mean that much to me. It's cool that it's five rounds. I like that. Uh, I think that'll that'll be nice because I'm kind of a slow starter. But next to that. Yeah, the belt doesn't really mean much. Uh, like, the ones I got are amateur and stuff. I usually, like, I gave them all away. Like, they're not a piece of metal. Yeah, just moving on to the next thing. I guess in saying that, though, like, what would represent, like, a future actualizing of a big goal? Because I saw, like, I guess a few years ago at this point, you were eyeing, like, a Dana White Contender Series shot, potentially. Like, that seemed to represent something you wanted to actualize into reality. Like, do you have specific mapped out goals now that you want to achieve or things you're eyeballing like not overlooking Ali Wazook obviously but like a broader yeah. goal down the line I guess yeah no I'm definitely not like I, I definitely am focused on what's at hand right now but yeah the, the end goal is I want to get like two three more fights get like a good little win streak going if I could keep getting finishes that'd be good too and yeah like hopefully contender series or short notice UFC spot I know PFL is adding the bantamweight division too that's something I'm not against um yeah just anything like that would be great i just it, yeah it'd be nice to take that next step and uh, that way yes yeah, and with ufc seeming like they're wanting to ramp up that canada schedule this year because dave shaw was talking about maybe doing even like three or four canadian events this year so i mean that probably excited you to you know catch wind of that if you heard when he was mentioning that at the time yeah it'd be great it'd be great i don't know if like just because of where my record's at now, I don't think I'd get on to any of those this year unless I could get a couple of wins together really, really quickly. Um, but 2025, I think, would be good. 
yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, we were kind of talking about Ollie a bit ago in more of like a more like a casual way, like not really getting into the specifics as much. But I'm, I guess I'm curious to get your specific thoughts on his resume and just general skill set, because obviously someone who's previously, you know, fought for the BFL title as well and has, you know, notched some impressive victories over his run and everything like that. Like, what are your overall thoughts on his skill set and resume as a fighter? Yeah, I think he's tough. I think he's a gamer. He's well-rounded, uh, more of a grappler than a striker. Um, yeah, he's trying to push a pace, even if it might make himself tired as well, but he's still trying to work. Like, yeah, his grappling's good. He's tough all around. And you mentioned the fact that you enjoyed the five-round component a bit earlier. I'm curious to have you expound upon that a bit more. Is it more of like a almost like biochemistry consideration, like see what the cardio is like and get that experience through the five rounds? Like what, I guess, aspect of the five rounds is exciting you, I guess? Just more time to work. I'm a slow starter. That's all. Um, like I know, like just in sparring and stuff, I know it can go 25 minutes. Uh, like I know when I'm like in the cage as well, I'm pretty patient, I'm pretty calm. I don't, I don't get myself like too excited where I gas myself out that way. Like I don't, I don't let it all get to me. And so I don't, the way I feel when I'm sparring is probably how I'm going to feel when I fight, hopefully. And if that's true, then I just get stronger as the fight goes on. Is that a temperament that you've always had or has it been honed by, I guess, more and more competition and then even more specifically, more and more training, just considering how often you're in the gym as compared to even competing? I mean, you definitely have a few fights, but I guess I'm just curious on that. Yeah, just, um, yeah, it's a temperament thing. I've, I've always been just like a slow starter, that's all. Like, it's something that I actually do need to work on, but five rounds gives me a little bit more leeway for that, so... I think it's okay. Yeah, but even just the composure element and just, like, maintaining the energy and not getting overwhelmed by the... No, yeah, no worries. I was just kind of wondering about that. Like, is that something you've always had in your demeanor or has it gotten refined with more and more martial arts experience, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you think back to amateur, I was... For the first, like, six amateur fights, I was always, like, nervous. I'm like, what am I doing? This is the dumbest thing in the world. And now it's just, like, you kind of you feel that coming on like that never goes away but you feel that before the fight but now it's just like oh i remember this part and now the next part's gonna happen and that and like you can control your emotions because you know exactly how it's gonna go uh, and it very rarely changes no that's cool i mean you seem like very composure minded and just kind of focused on the task at hand like obviously preparing accordingly but not like making it more than it has to be in a certain sense i guess yeah well it's funny too because when i first started fighting that's what everyone said they're like oh you seem so calm but like i was dying on the inside i was just not like i wasn't doing anything not because i was calm it's just because i was like keep together keep together keep together but i was like my heart was pounding i wanted to jump out of the cage but now it's more real now i am actually like i do just stay calm there and i am a little bit nervous but it's not like before yeah, fair enough. Just speaks to the progression overall that one experiences in MMA, not even just through like the application and learning of physical technique, but also just what you learn about yourself and regulating your emotions in a certain sense. I mean, as much as you can, but yeah, it just sounds like the growth and everything. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, no doubt, man. A lot of, a lot of cool components throughout the career, a lot of great fights, like I said, on a good solid 
win streak lately. So very excited for this upcoming fight and everything like that and appreciate you making the time. But in wanting to be mindful of your schedule, Tyler, I'm curious if maybe you have a final parting thought you'd like to add as we're wrapping things up here. I am all good. No worries. I think we covered it all, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on MMA Canada Radio. I think this Ali Wazouk title fight is going to be really exciting. You both bring a lot to the table. And for fans who aren't in the immediate area to check out BFL 79, they can check out the proceedings on UFC Fight Pass February the 8th. So again, to reiterate, thank you for coming on MMA Canada Radio. And you have a good rest of your day, Tyler. Thank you. All right, on this episode of MMA Canada Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual competing at BFL 79, which transpires on February the 8th. And we've got that vacant BFL Bantamweight Championship on the line as Tyler Wilson steps into the cage against Ali Wazouk. And great having Ali on MMA Canada Radio. How's your day going so far, man? It's going great, man. I appreciate you guys and appreciate the platform you guys provide to fighters, too kind of get the word out to people that don't know me. Oh, thanks so much, man. I mean, I just enjoy getting to talk to fighters and always appreciate their time. But in terms of getting the word out about this one, it would seem like this could be a third times the charm potential situation here just with previous bids for that BFL Bantamweight title. You've obviously collected gold in BFL in the AMI ranks, but how much would it mean to you to capture this pro belt here? Man, it would mean the world to me. Uh, like you said, this is my third crack at it. Um, you know, I fought that number one guy two times, uh, fell short, you know, learned a lot from both of those fights. Um, and, uh, yeah, super excited to uh, showcase a new version of me every time I get in there. Um, I develop so much throughout camp, and uh, I'm super excited to, uh, you know, showcase a new version of myself. Yeah, and you mentioned that individual Series City, a couple of fights with him, and I mean, just, yeah, exemplary, you know, individual there, and you had good showings each time, I would say, but I mean, he had that fight at UFC 297 a bit ago that seemed to capture a lot of people's attention. I guess I was curious to get your thoughts on that rematch he had with Ramon Tavares in Toronto. Yeah, 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 I thought he won the fight, um... Uh, you know, showed uh, showed people, you know, that uh, we're no jokes up in up in Canada here. You know, we sometimes fall under the radar a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think he won uh, rounds uh, two and three personally. Um, super close fight though, nonetheless. Uh, Roman, I think, uh, showcased uh, great like counter striking. Um, so. Um, you know, I, I did think Siri won and edged it out personally, but, you know, I'm glad I was one of the judges, so. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I, I, it's just an interesting landscape. I feel like we're close to, if not on the precipice of, like, a boom period in Canadian MMA. It just seems like there's a lot of cool stuff going on with, like, unified MMA and, I mean, Battlefield Fight League doing some great things as well, being on UFC fight pass and it seems just like a lot of great things are ahead I mean the talent definitely there I'm curious if that's something you feel as well in your position yeah definitely I think the the, the talent's always been here I think the uh, the one benefit that Americans have over us is that um, I truly believe that they have uh, an easier path because I feel like there's uh, 
a bigger population of fighters and um you know the guys that are like you know 10 and 0 12 and 0 kind of thing they have a lot of easier matchups whereas i feel like in in canada um you know it, it's tougher to come across fights and i feel like everybody's pretty well developed so i feel like i mean even watching the last unified um you know uh I think that like it just shows you how how talented all the fighters are, um, and I feel like there's no real easy fights out here, uh, which kind of um, makes that like undefeated record harder to come by because I feel like you know styles make fights, and you know you might always run into a style that uh, isn't favorable to you, and 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 vice versa. So um, I think that that's where America has the edge. I feel like. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everybody gets easy fights out there, but I think for the most part, there's a lot, a lot more easier fights out there than there is out in Canada. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reflected in both your record and also your opponent's record coming up in this one. To be fair, I mean, your resume speaks for itself, as we've kind of touched on in a few different regards, but also similar sentiment could be extended to your opponent in terms of like, you know, the cumulative experience, some of the people he's beaten slash faced, some of the leagues he's fought in, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Tyler's a game opponent. Um, he's got a lot of uh, great tools, comes from a great gym. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to, to train out there as well. So uh, I know it's going to be, uh, uh, it's not going to be an easy night, but um, like you mentioned, like you, you look at the resume, I don't think I've, out of all my fights, I don't think I've had any, like, kind of give me fights, um, or like, you know, people that just come in and, uh, just had my record, nor would I even want to fight like that, to be honest, I feel like once I get to the next level, I want to be battle tested, I want to be ready and, you know, um, be able to go through all those hurdles, and that's why, um, you know, going through that with the Siri fight, I think that I learned a lot um, of where I need to develop my, what areas I need to develop, and I, I think that that's where my focus has been um, throughout the last, you know, few months or even years since the first Siri fight, so, um, yeah. And I would think we got to see at least some of that in the Josh Kwiatkowski fight at BFL 78 in your last outing, and then perhaps a continuation of those lessons learned in this next one. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, especially with the Josh fight, um, you know, he uh, he said a few things like, you know, um, there's no dog in me and a few, a few little remarks. Um, and I, I did take some of that personal because... Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I never, there's different styles of fighting, right? And I feel like for me, I, I take fighting, I look at it as like war and, you know, um, you want to, in war, you want to take the least amount of damage. So that's, that's definitely my style. Um, and, um, you know, I, I try to be tactical. I try to be, uh, less of a like brawler style, which, um, you know, a lot of people are in this sport, and there's nothing wrong with that, um, but that's just not my style, so I'm not going to try to do something that's not me, so I just try to be more precise, try to be more of a sniper, um, and try to pick my shots rather than, you know, get in there and kind of just throw punches to hope that they land and, and, and win a fight that way. 
Yeah, not saying this in a way where Wilson doesn't necessarily have that fight IQ, but I mean, even in some of the results, he strikes me as a guy and just different things I've seen over the years with him that he is a guy that does try to force the issue. Like, is this a another fight where there's that particular importance on the, you know, counter striking just relative to the stylistic matchup? Like, it seems like you were saying that as like a linear consideration through all the fights, but is that especially paramount in this kind of stylistic matchup, I guess? Yeah, I mean, like you like you mentioned, yeah, Tyler Ty, Ty likes to like uh, push the uh, push the pace a little bit, put the pressure on um, early on in the fight, um, you know. Um, but the one mistake and the one lesson that I learned in the first uh, Siri fight was not to get married to any like specific thing. So I'll definitely be uh, I'm definitely ready for that. Um, but if he you know decides to be uh, less of a pressure fighter that come come fight night then i'll be ready to uh set up traps in other ways as well um but i I do think that you know um ty will try to put the pressure on i think he uh is gonna try to uh push me up against the cage just clinch me a little bit um so i've brought in a lot of ty guys for that as well this camp um which which has been great and learned a lot clinching wise as well that i didn't know there's there's just so much to to this game and it, it's such a such a beautiful part of it where you get to every day learn something new i mean like there's there's sometimes like white belts that'll, that'll, that'll show me something and i'm like holy shit like that's that's pretty cool man so um i'm always a student of the game and uh every fight i feel like brings out a different um like the opponents always have different uh strengths and um i think with that like it, it allows me to work on what they're good at like allows me to learn those kinds of positions and stuff like that so um it's cool i love that's why i love this sport and I'm, I'm always learning i'm always growing and um i'm excited for this one and you touched on a certain aspect of your preparations at least and as far as like bringing in some thai guys for this recent round of preparations and it seems like over the years TriStar Vancouver has been the main space you kind of hone the skills at there is that the space you were working at ahead of this fight as well uh yeah I mean TriStar Vancouver for sure uh Lions MMA as well um they're my uh home like you know uh both of them I, I split my time between both gyms um and uh Coach Pauly um he's he's a you know tie kind of mastermind when it comes to um you know clinching and striking and everything like that so um having having to work with world-class like kickboxers out there and uh muay thai fighters um there's a few guys that came down from thailand as well um that i got to work with and uh and yeah and just K. Jan johnson who's just uh mma mastermind in, in his own right he's, he's always studying tape always developing his coaching skills um and he's got like a funky style to himself as well in the sense that like it's it's hard to uh train for somebody like like that like like with his style that he implements in me because it's always like new and different and um it just it branches off our current style which is really cool it's not like that you're adding we're adding new stuff but it's not like we're um trying to completely change the style you know we're, we're trying to just add branches um in and um create different paths and just based on our strengths look for different opportunities and different setups which is which is really cool 
I'm just excited to uh, showcase a new version. I mean, you know, come fight day. Yeah, and it's cool to be part of that broader lineage. I mean, a guy like Kajan Johnson and then a guy like Bill Mahood before him, it's cool that you're kind of carving your own path within that MMA lineage there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Bill Mahood, um, you know, when I did the uh, IMF, he was he was out there and he was uh, in my corner for a few of my fights uh, uh, out in Bahrain. And uh, it was really cool how easy it was for uh, him to corner me um, because of, yeah, that lineage and that, you know, that style that Kajan has um, that he learned from Bill. And then, um, and then, yeah, it was just super easy for him to corner me. So it was cool to see. <clears throat> yeah, and obviously not overlooking what this fight is, but just, I mean, you look at a guy like Kajan and the resume he has, I mean, having fought guys in the past, like Islam Makachev and, I mean, he got out there with, like, Rory McDonald and just a lot of really notable guys throughout his career. I imagine that really informs where you would want to potentially go in the future as you continue on this path and everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can never look past the fight, and and I'm definitely not doing that. But I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking that, you know, once I hold the belt, I, I kind of hold, uh, it allows me to step further into into a potential contender series shot or um even a big organization i'm just i'm just you know i'm the type of person that will uh you know always fight anybody like I, I don't try to um you know i've never turned down a fight like ever as soon as the promoters give me a name i i just i just say you know we look at it um uh, you know, and we start game planning right away, and uh, we never turned down fights. I, I, at least, I've never turned down a fight um, that was presented to me. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to uh, what this dog will will do for my career, uh, and and kind of and kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure. And I did mention before the fact that this is on UFC Fight Pass, which isn't an altogether new thing for you, obviously. But is that something you would at least even have a peripheral awareness of, at least in as far as how it could serve the master of getting on contender series or some of these future goals you just outlined there? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the, uh, the Fight Pass platform, uh, you know, allows uh, everybody to see uh you know and especially like you know doing like cool like these interviews and things like that as well like it just allows people to see us outside of the cage i mean sometimes you just see people inside of the cage and then um you know i got a chance to tra train at tristone montreal and like i would see like you know gsp in the cage and i would just have an image of him and then like i would meet him in person i'm like holy shit like he's like completely different than what i thought same with rory like you look at his style of fighting you think that he's just like a monster and like you know in the gym he's just like you know hey you want to come partner up with me and like things like that so it was just it's just these kind of things is really cool because you see what fighters are really about and um and you know a lot of people will be able to resonate with that and it allows maybe even like somebody like that's in the ufc to watch and be like oh shit like this guy would be a right fit for the for the promotion or you know maybe somebody from uh that knows somebody that's like, hey, like, you should go watch this guy fight. Like, you, you, he just fought on on, uh, on on Fight Pass. And, and then, you know, it's just your network is your net worth. So, um, yeah, these big platforms are, are, are great to uh, kind of get your name out there. 
Yeah, for sure. And maybe this is kind of part of something we were talking about before, but I guess I'm just curious if maybe, because I know some fighters do partake in some visualization and within that they kind of have a predominant visualization. Is that the case for you with this one or is it kind of derivative of what we were talking about before where it's like not having like a hyper rigid idea of what's going to happen and be more of in that adaptable kind of flow state if you can? Yeah, like I, I truly, um, I visualize all the time, and and I picture how I would like the fight to go, and you know, even sometimes visualize myself in bad situations and getting out of them as well. Um, so I'm familiar with it come fight day. But as well, um, something you know that I really try to do is just be present out there and be in the moment, um, and and not let that moment kind of drift away um which you know again was was a big lesson in that first series fight where um i wasn't present that day i wasn't there i wasn't myself um so i i really try to be present um but i do do a lot of visualization i do do a lot of um meditations and and, and picture how the fight's gonna go and my uh and how i would want the fight to go um you know as well as putting myself in bad situations and and, and being familiar with that as well. Um, so it's, you know, if, if, if something like that, that, if something like that does happen, then it's not a surprise to me. It's, it's, it's familiar and, uh, makes it easier for me in those situations to be like, okay, like I've been here already. Like I can, I, I can get out of this or I can, you know, I can get bounced back from this round and, and, you know, come with this fight, especially like I got five rounds, um, as well, which is, which is works to my style, um, super well. Yeah, I get where you're coming from when you lay it out like that, man. And this is just such a cool fight. Can't wait to see both of you, you know, get in the cage and test skills. I've been watching both of you fight for a bit now. And just, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. But also wanted to put the ball in your court as well and see if there's maybe a final parting thought you wanted to add as we're wrapping up, Ollie. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just want to, you know, all, all my supporters out there, um, I just want to thank you guys, all my guys at Lions MMA and TriStar Vancouver, um, who, you know, just put in so much time and effort into me. Um, you know, all my coaches, Coach Polly, KJN, like anybody that's, you know, worked with me throughout this whole camp. If I, you guys know who you are. I, I truly appreciate you guys. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a crazy time in this world where um, there's, there's a lot of division. And I, I just want to say, like, I truly believe that we as a human race just need to stick together. Like, you know, there's so much hate out there already and um, everybody has a different perspective. And I, I really want people to understand that, you know, just, just because someone doesn't, you don't align with somebody doesn't mean that they're a bad person or they're wrong. You know, I, I truly believe humans are great. We're a great race and we are one. So uh, whether you believe in, god whether you don't like you know th there's no hate there's no there's just there should just be love and you know sometimes it's easier said than done but um I, I just hope that you know during these tough times that we're in right now that uh people understand that you know try to find someone to go, go talk to and 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 be uh it, be all right with being like in tune with your emotions because um you know this this sport and this world sometimes shits on people that are like you know more open and um and 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 it's okay to to you know let all 
emotions and it's okay to ask for help. Um, you're not alone. And um, sometimes that little bit and asking somebody for help will, you know, change the trajectory of your life. And, and I truly believe that. And that's it, man. No, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree, man. A great sentiment to end things off on. And just, yeah, great getting to talk to you and to reiterate, thanks so much for coming on MMA Canada Radio. Looking forward to checking out this BFL 79 fight. But until then, man, you have a good rest of your night. Thank you. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much, man.